Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals, or in this case, spooky musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a returning guest who will be the guest for the next two episodes, everyone. Wow. It's Shady! Wow. Woo-hoo. You guys are going to be so sick of me. Oh, I can't never. wait. Never. I can't wait. So the reason why... <laughs> I'm having Shady do these three episodes is because we're here to talk about the Zombies franchise, the Disney Channel original movie. I think that's what we're still calling them. I don't think they changed their name. Still DCOM, right? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I'm not clued in. I'm not plugged in. I'm not I'm not one of the hip <laughs> youngins. So I'm I'm, I'm old. Shady and I have seen all three movies before. However, we are going to talk about only the first one this episode. And then we're going to try not to talk about the sequels within the next few episodes. Um, So zombies, otherwise spelled as z-o-m-b-i-e-s with hyphens in between like you're a cheerleader spelling it like you're a cheerleader give spelling me, it give me a z zom. give me, give me a p's give me a zom what's the spell zombies uh i think and don't they do that in the movie where they're like give me a zom give yep. me a b give me a zombie yep that's what i was all, referencing they didn't, they didn't spell it that's thank god was... uh so zombies the first one premiered in 2018 screenplay by david light and joseph razzo directed by paul hohen and i'm hoping i'm pronouncing these names right um and i the the, i will pause on the music and lyrics (laughs) Um, and according to IMDb, <laughs> students from Zombie Town are transferred to a high school in suburban town preoccupied with uniformity, traditions, and pep rallies. You know, as you do. So, metaphors. Do you want to talk about metaphors now? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, it's the elephant in the room. We might as well address Let's it. rip this Band-Aid off. So, yeah. this, is an, this is another... <laughs> Disney movie where they are trying to teach this younger generation to not be racist. Right. The end. Great. Great. (laughs) Wow. What a noble goal. Great lesson. Every generation should learn. Yes. They also do the thing that to be fair happens a lot in these types of movies where you create a fantasy allegory for racism. Uh Uh-huh. Where the race that is being oppressed is genuinely actually dangerous to the ruling race Uh uh-huh uh-huh and the implication being that by nature ethnic minorities are a danger to the ruling class which is not true in real life but i'm i'm kind of happy that they used diverse casting on both ends yeah. Oh, there's a lot that I think the movie does do right, and I want to give it a lot of credit for. Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. Really I, need I, to address I, the fact that the metaphor is inherently broken. It's yes, because you know, but like, I think I think also it's supposed to be the Little Rock Nine. Is that the idea behind this? You know, what May- we're talking yeah, about? yeah. I mean, because it's the it's the first integrated class. Yeah. But again. These are also characters who literally have to wear a fancy piece of jewelry to stop them from eating, from eating the other characters, uh, yep. which is not the case with the Little which, Rock Nine. They just wanted a fair education. But I mean, like that, I think that was the springboard where they're yeah. like, integration, but like, now let's, let's do stupid things because we don't understand how to do metaphors (laughs) yeah i mean it's just and again this is not the only movie that does this this is not the only story that does this this is a very common misstepping of this type of uh storyline 
the implication being that black people by their true nature are as dangerous to white people as racist white people think they are. And I want to tell you, the racist right, white people are wrong. And people are just people. They are no more or less inherently dangerous than any other race of people. And in this movie, you have the humans tamper with that device. Yeah. They're like, they're starting a race war? Is they're that what they're doing? There, are they igniting a race war? I don't know. And that, But then, but then. <laughs> but then I wrote right. down during fired up champion the the competition version that uh I just wrote down did they just end racism? <laughs> they sure did, John. They solved it. <laughs> I feel bad saying that. But like that's if that's what yeah. this movie is saying. Right, right. And then and then Addison is also a white savior. She is. Um I she is. I don't want to get away from that, but I do think this movie does a little bit better in giving agency to the quote unquote minority characters than some similar stories. But Addison is the lead. And right, she's the white girl at the center of it all. And she is a white girl. Like yeah. they cast a white girl. Yeah. Play this like, part. like blonde haired, blue eyed, the whole nine. But at least you know you have Eliza, one of the zombies who wants change and keeps talking about change and then she's slowly getting through. Yeah. I, I also, I have issues with, and we'll talk about it a little bit further in other future episodes. Uh-huh. But in this particular movie, I don't like that they position Eliza as too extreme How because so? They treat her like she's basically planning a domestic terrorist attack. Oh, um, yeah. At the cheer competition. Yeah. And I just... And I hate this it's a little too like, let's hear out both sides. Maybe there are bad people on both sides. And it's like, oh, not a little, little mixed messaging on this. It's actually a good thing to be extreme when the opposition is uh, bigoted. It's okay to be extreme against bigots it's okay to not give them an inch i mean but you know that feeds into it's an overarching problem again in a lot of stories uh disney in particular seems to have this issue crop up a lot where the villain has a good point they're just too extreme because then that lets you appeal to the status quo instead of actually challenging it and changing anything because it's easier to keep things the way they are and say that change is bad than to actually fight for real change. And this is a lighter version of that, but it's also a kids movie, so I understand she can't like bomb the cheer competition. Right. And a lot of and a lot of Addison's lines are Yeah, a lot but of the dialogue also, is over the top. <laughs> yeah, but it's also they made a choice. This is a fictional story. Zombies are not real. Uh-huh. So this is a fictional story. They made the choice to make Eliza that extreme. They did not right. have to make her that extreme. They could have had her be the character who was the correct one the whole time. And Addison just be the one who changes her mind throughout the movie. Yeah, it's it, this movie also felt weird to veer it towards a film conversation right now. It felt like there were yeah. like five different endings in this movie. Oh my God, yeah. The ending is... A lot. <laughs> because this movie is based off of an unaired pilot called Zombies and Cheerleaders written by Light and Razzo. So it felt you can yeah. tell that you're like, oh, this is like a bunch of episodes yeah. smashed together. It's they they've this is the pi- the ending of the pilot, this is the ending of the mid season episode, this is the ending of the final episode of the season. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. just all piled up on top of each other. Because at the end of the movie, it's the end of season one, where everyone is now. Yeah, we've happy, all learned. We're integrated. We're learned. We're learning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they learned, but there's there's still a process okay. to unlearning. Fair, fair. Because like, as even... in real life, a lot. You know, if you mm-hmm. grow up being raised with bigotry, uh, it takes a lot to unlearn it. We're, so... We are all works in progress. Because like they welcome them into the. In, you're in zombie land. Uh. 
<laughs> I had to incorporate that. I'm sorry. But they did that. And then they're like, okay, well, there's, it felt like there was still a little trepidation because of what they've been told for. And apparently it's like a 50 year span from like the opening. The, the opening is like the prologue. Yeah. Like the animated. little animated. Yeah. Which that kind, kind of, of looks like, yeah, it looks like a 50s comic book, which is. Kind of dug it. Yeah. But it also made me think of another zombie-related musical entity called Zombie Prom. We'll call it an homage, John. It's not, an homage. it's not. It's not ripping off. It's merely an homage. Well, I mean, like in that, and Zombie Prom was an homage to other things because they yeah. did it as well. So, but like it, it just. Re- I was like, oh, two zombie-related things that had a graphic novel-esque opening. Yeah. Like, I forgot um, Zombie Prom. The movie had that. Yeah, it did. But like in the prologue, it's like 50 years go by. And I'm just wondering, like, Zed's sister. I forget her name. Zoe. Zoe. Because all zombies have a hard Z in their name. Yeah. There's Zed, Zoe, Zoe, Eliza. Bonzo. Bonzo. And then the dad has a name, too, that I forgot. Um, (laughs) Like Zeke or something? Where are you? Zevin. 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 Like Zevin Necropolis. I gotta I gotta give him points on that last name though. That is a good surname for a zombie family. It's it, this is a weird thing where I'm thinking of like biology and like, <laughs> like are, are we wondering how zombies reproduce? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Because these because... are but like these are not undead zombies, these are chemically changed zombies. Right. So, okay. So here's the thing. Originally, (laughs) classically, a zombie was a corpse that a magician of some sort or or, uh, a sorcerer brought back to life to become their slave. Uh, This has ties back to Haiti, which famously, uh, as you may or may not know, the people of Haiti were once enslaved. So that's the horror of being enslaved in life and in death. That's where the story comes from. Uh, and this has nothing to do with that. No. <laughs> this no. is not like that at all. And this is not like Romero zombies who, you know, are shambling undead, like recently deceased people. They actually out of the grave. they actually do touch upon that though, calling that racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So wow, wow, way to call George Romero a racist. Wow. This movie called His Ass Out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I sorry everyone that we went so hard so fast on this episode, but like it had to be said because they're not it's dangling there. You got to pick it up. They're not trying to hide it. They no. are not. I mean, um, is Bree the friend? Bree the Addison's friend? Yes, the, with the glasses. Yeah, the with which the I love it ever. more. Yeah, she. I love seeing just character girls with glasses in movies in general. I love it. Every character who's a girl with glasses, I'm like, love her. Yeah, I'm like, wearing glasses right now. By the way, <laughs> you're a girl with glasses talking about yes. a movie. I felt like Addison was the change within. Mm-hmm. She from the yes. get from the from the get. I mean, there was there was a little bit when she. So okay, let me let me back up. Let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> So there's okay. that there's that scene when in the sort towards the beginning when Zed leaves the basement that they're forced to stay in. Don't get me started on that. Oh yeah, because it's an quote unquote integrated school, but they're still segregated inside mm-hmm. the school. So then he leaves and wanders the hallways, and then a zombie alarm goes off, which sounds like a fire drill, and yeah. they go into. He's in a zombie safe room, which looks like a bunker. Because <laughs> there's bunk beds and there's like sock of yeah. food and everything. And she's in there too. And they have like a nice conversation, but they're in dark. And she doesn't realize that he's a zombie until the lights come up. And then she like punches him or whatever. But that's when she starts questioning everything that she has learned. And yeah. then they use her as the ignorant white person that she is to be like oh my god i didn't know any of this stuff because there's 
because there are rules for zombies that the zombies know by heart but like most humans probably don't know about them because they don't have to deal with it so right and there's a lot of misinformation that gets spread instead Mm -hmm. So then, um, and I, I do like that even like just from the get-go they treat her punching him like just a reflex like it's it, so ingrained in her that from birth zombies are dangerous you cannot be near them that that's the only thing she can do in that moment but also and I like that but yeah. like you said also like that's the same moment that she's like oh wait this is the nice guy I was just talking to right because it because it's also like a surprise because yeah, yeah. come on and she has that it's a, it's a mini mini jump scare a decom friendly jump scare yeah and that is like the catalyst for her to break down everything that she's learned and it just so happens that her mom is the mayor and her dad's the police chief her parents are the two most powerful people in the town Uh uh-huh but then also who also like as much as they're the most powerful people also feel the need to bend to the rest of the town's wishes but then to get to my point, Bree becomes friends with Addison. Addison, after that moment, becomes a little social justice warrior. Mm-hmm. Good for her. We like this. She's an ally. We, we appreciate allies. She's learning. She's mm-hmm. wanting change. She says she is a work in progress, but she is she, progressing. She says the thesis statement, I think, we're changing ourselves when we need to change everyone else. I believe that's yeah. one of her lines. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Brie at first has the same reaction that she's been taught mm-hmm. about not liking zombies, but like Addison does change her, like just like get her. Yeah, she just, she kind of like just like turns her head a little bit. It's so like, it's like look at it this way. Talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Like they're safe. You can yeah. talk to them, find out the things you have in common, find out what their culture is like. Yeah. And so like, and like Brie is just the she's the idiot friend. I'm sorry, I have to say it. Like No, she is. She's kind with of the she, best lines. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Brie. She might be my favorite character in these movies, at least in this one. But she is she's the ditz. She's kind of the ditz. Yeah, she's the sidekick, the plucky sidekick. Yeah. Well, she's mm, she's the ditz uh, uh, on the protagonist side because there's also an even bigger ditz, but she's an antagonist in this movie. One of the aces? Yeah, the blonde AC. Yeah. She's real stupid. She real dumb. She real dumb. But also, I don't think she's as bad as the other two. No, and uh, I mean, all of them, I think, are just trying to do what, oh god, uh, Bucky. Bucky. Yeah, like, he's the real ringleader. They're they're just the followers. Oh, Bucky. And she, even more the follower than the rest of them. Bucky is probably my other favorite character, even though he's a horrible racist who... I think is closeted and wants to fuck his cousin. And also 30. And also 30. But you know what? He's got a lot of talent though. I'll give him that. When he He, he's got he's got star power. When he jumped through the banner that's him, and then there's the (laughs) other banner behind that one that was broken. I laughed my ass off. Yeah. Like that was he has a lot of Bucky has a lot of great comedic moments, but he's also yeah. like, I hate you as a character. Right. He's a real love to hate type character in terms of his actual mm-hmm. goals and actions in the movie. But his personality is really infectious. And like they do like that banner thing. That's such a good visual gag. Right. And like, then, that's like so funny. I laugh every time I see it. And like his intent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the music. Unless, yes. do you have anything else to say about the, the, the metaphor? And I'm using that term loosely because it's just I mean, like blatantly obvious. Yeah. I mean, it's right there. I think we said what we could say about it without beating a dead horse. Yeah. So the music, why does it have to slap so hard? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why are you hitting me in the face? I love you. I'm a, I'm, I'm on the ride. Stop hitting me. So I have like my cardio playlist. Half the songs are zombie songs. <laughs> they just they get me going, man. Even like Addison's big like I am song at the end stand. It gets me going. 
Yes. So, okay. <laughs> um, I didn't mention the writers because every song, well, every song, and if there's a reprise, it's the same writer wrote the reprise, but like every song has a different group of people who wrote it. Oh, it's well, not it's the, the same. Committee. It's not, there's no same people within each song. And I found this on the Disney Wiki page for Zombies. Okay. so but like um the same people who wrote wrote fired up wrote fired up for the competition version of it yeah because uh, it's, it's a and, rearrangement yeah and like they tweak the lyrics but it's basically the same song mm-hmm. um but like it slaps so hard the choreography slaps harder it's so good. I think we talked about this when we talked about this on uh, Movie Deja Vu, but the kids who play Zed and Addison, like, they did the damn thing. Zed also had a dance double, I saw. Oh, he but did. I th- but I think that may have been for when he fell on his back and, like, the, the trampoline aspect of it. That might have oh, been yeah. for that. Yeah, that's, like, stunt work. But, like, also Bucky... Bucky if he there's oh, a geez. there's a moment where I think he did tumbling stuff yeah in fired up yeah yeah I'm pretty- I wrote down did Bucky really do those flips and tricks because I there's think a- he did because I don't see anyone credited and like credit where credit's due to these cast men to this cast man like they did the job. They did everything. Yeah. Even though, yes, their vocals are touched by Jesus uh, or or computers. Uh, well, I mean, but, it's Disney Channel. Yeah. So the choreographer of this, Christopher Scott, this is the only one in the franchise he's choreographed, which is very interesting because when we talk about the others, we will have to talk more about choreography in that. Yes. So he, so in this one, it's a lot of Hip hop, a lot of like, um, like what you cheerleaders dance, like like cheer moves. So they're a little more like very precise, big movements. Whereas the zombies are a little more fluid. Yes, yeah. And then Christopher Scott choreographed previous topics on this podcast. He did in the Heights and Teen Beach movie, which we've both which I've covered. He also choreographed. Jam and the Holograms, Being the Ricardos, Step Up Revolution, and Step Up All In, which I believe are like the third and fourth movies in the franchise. I don't remember. However, and this is the big trivia that I was waiting to tell you, he is choreographing for Wicked, the movie. No! Oh, wait, that makes so much sense because it's the same director as In the Heights. In the Heights. And I think the Step Up movies, or maybe they didn't work on the same. I don't know ups. if they step. I don't know that. I don't know, but they I might have stepped up in different. But uh, I saw it, and I was just chapters. like, "So is he going to do hip hop and Oz?" Yeah, that's interesting. Because, <laughs> like, the choreography in this, like, although I'm saying hip hop, I, I believe there's other terms. Yeah, even there's not a, like commercial. Um, I'm using that as a general term because yeah. it's because like it is intricate and like i mean i wrote down at one point that like obviously they they do the movie musical thing where like they hire dancers to do like the dance break and the leads just magically disappear and then they come back when the verse half comes back yeah so they don't do that but like even their choreography is so hard and so intricate yeah well, like just uh, in, is it BAM where they, they've got the hooded robes on, but they keep taking the hoods off so you can see it's them. They're not doing yeah. that to hide. I'm sure there are some shots where it might be somebody else, like a stunt double, but like there are parts where they have the hoods down so you can see them and they're doing this footwork that's so intricate and so precise and like you can't fuck that up and there's a huge crowd of people doing it all perfect together. Like I can't even imagine how long they rehearsed that. And like and this, is a, this is a TV movie. They don't a, have a lot of time to make this stuff. Even if it's Disney Channel. Oh, I read. Do you want to know how long they filmed this movie? Oh, give it to me. They filmed this movie in Canada for 10 weeks. 
Oh, okay. That's actually longer than I would have thought. But it's but still not a long lot. time because if you look at this choreography, that's like two to three weeks. And yeah, on the Wikipedia page, it says production on the film began May 2017. The film was shot in Toronto over 10 weeks. So yeah. I don't know. There's also a lot of makeup work. Ding. Oh, yeah. The, and the well. w- wigs. We got to talk about the wig. We got to talk about the wig again. We got to talk. So Addison has a secret. <laughs> Addison has a white shag mullet thing. <laughs> so bad. What were they thinking? so gross it's like it's not even cut in a way like i get they wanted it shorter because the character wears a normal blonde wig over it so like if it's shorter it's easier to hide but it's not like a cute pixie cut it's like it's like edward scissorhands just like went crazy on her yeah no that's not even true because edward scissorhands was a good stylist that's a major point in that movie and like even at the end when she's when she's not wearing the wig and she's all proud and everything like mm-hmm. girl style it yeah just a little little moose do cute barrettes or something like do yeah some- wear a hat and it is it is real cheap looking that it is polyester hair it is rough looking i have had barbies with more realistic looking hair <laughs> it is and but like i feel like all the zombies they actually, and I can't remember. We had we had a, a a mutual friend on our episode, and we talked about it. Who is a wig and makeup specialist? Uh, yeah, and I can't remember if we said that they because it doesn't look like they were wigged at all. The zombie, yeah, it looks like they sprayed it. Yeah, like it looks like that's their natural hair and just just maybe, sprayed green. Maybe Bonzo was wigged because of the length. Oh of his yeah, hair. but like other than he's that, he's got that goofy cut. But yeah, that looks like uh Milo Manheim. That's the name of the actor who plays Zed. Mm-hmm. I remember that because I actually like that actor a lot. He's in a TV show that I really like, and I think he's really good good on it called School Spirits, where he plays a football player ghost. Uh huh. He's gonna so be. He's like, He's also he's, gonna he's, be in a horror movie coming out soon. Dope. Uh, I just like that he's now in two different things where he is a, a an undead slash dead high school football player. <laughs> oh I, yeah, I think that's, that's fun. What a fun little niche. And that's the whole thing with this movie is that he wants to play football and Addison wants to be a cheerleader. And I believe they're both freshmen. Yes. Freshman. I think they're freshmen because I think Addison's like during my year, she's like, it's my first year. This Got is going to be my year. Um, I will say, I think this is where they do really well with the race metaphor. As far as the townspeople only valuing Zed when he's providing them with entertainment mm-hmm. and Addison calling them out on that and being like, you should value him because he's a person and not because he entertains you with his talent because i think that's a really really good and you don't see that a lot in these types of stories and like and and again they hit the nail on the head at the right moments Mm -hmm. although sometimes they're a little over the top but that you have to kids it is a kids movie it's a kids movie yeah like there there are times where it's like oh okay a little heavy and then you're like oh wait i'm not i'm not the audience for this my seven-year-old niece is the audience but like Maybe they also need to um, educate the parents. Some parents. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there in the ether. You know, they're educating the kids. They're educating the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote down, are they trying to capture the essence of West Side Story while getting the streams of High School Musical 2? I feel like that's what they were. That's like a goal. of Yeah. Because there are yeah. moments where you're like, you're still this is totally west side story and like yeah it's like you have the two people from the two different sides of the town and it's clearly a jets and sharks scenario because it's also this it's also racism and (laughs) yeah it's romeo and juliet plus the music and the dancing and the racism racism. but also and the cops but also they're gunning for the high school musical too. Cause I believe that's like the most down, most streamed decom ever. I mean, it's gotta be that, that shit is legendary. 
<laughs> so good. And I, I won't I won't say it's the best decom ever, but I would lay down money that it is by far the most famous. Oh yeah. And I think I said this on Teen Beach movie that like I feel like Disney Channel movies, musical movies I should say, are trying to get that spark right. again. Because it's not just the movies themselves. Obviously the movies were seen a lot but what they really made money off of was the merchandising which is why you want a franchise because people Mm -hmm. like a character better if they see that character more than once especially little kids who buy lunch boxes backpacks but like other things but like if you also have a great message to go with it i mean i feel like if they taught one kid about this i think mission accomplished i mean i know the goal is like teach everyone right (laughs) But like, if you you change one person's mind, like you have, you need that spark to create change. Yeah. Which is what this movie is telling you. You need a spark to create change. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't so afraid to like, actually be like, sometimes the change means you have to like tear down the institutions and not just continue to respect the institutions but hope that they change because that was talk more about that in the second one uh because like in this one at least we have to remember it is a it is a young adult teen movie where addison wants to be a cheerleader and and like is with the humans but also she wants to be the social justice warrior so a lot of the pressures that that quote-unquote pressure i should say that's put on her is you either can be the social justice warrior or a cheerleader and she's like Mm. oh but i really want to be a cheerleader and she goes to that side when really she should be be like why can't i be both yeah yeah eventually she gets there but like right i mean i will say um you know what i'll save this for when we get to the third one i'll save this comment for the third one okay (laughs) (laughs) luckily we're recording these close so close to each other so right (laughs) i'll try to remember yeah because i wrote that it's not a sophie's choice addison (laughs) yeah yeah it's not a choice it's easy yeah (laughs) so i will uh, yeah no we'll get to it yeah Uh, what else do we want to talk about let's talk more about the songs though because yeah they're bangers they're bangers we get someday which is their yeah, it's their love um, theme, sort of. And that that crops up throughout the franchise. Which we will spoil that. We'll spoil yeah. that. Like that. I, think, I think that's fair to say. That's a recurring song. It's great that they had it because then you're like, oh, all right, you. this is how you met and this is how you fell in love with yeah. it. It's, and it's, it's just... actually, it, it, they use it as a very effective storytelling device, which like a musical should do. You should use your songs as a storytelling device. They're not just there to be songs. Like as much as they're bangers, a lot of these are just there to be songs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like uh, BAM has nothing to do story-wise except yeah. to be like, we party like you party. Yeah. Zombies party like humans party. So yeah, which if not, you don't need a better. number for that. You could just show them at a party, right? <laughs> but also, I think it's I think it's a great juxtaposition to show you that like they have fun. They get they they break the rules. They're kind of cool because yeah. like curfew, fuck that noise. But then yeah, later when Zed and Addison are on their date and Zed corrupts his little band that tamp that keeps his uh yeah the z band hormones not hormones what what the like his, his zombie levels what do they call it yeah the, the keep the zombie levels low and he can he hacked into it to like cheat at football basically i'm i'm calling a spade a spade he's cheating at football he's using his natural talents he's not holding back on his natural talents that's what i'll call it oh because well because but like but again this comes back to the metaphor being broken they they should have just figured out a way to make the prejudices against zombies uh without having the zombies actually be monstering eating monsters who need uh technology to control i think it should have been and this is the point i wanted to make earlier i think it should have been that they are zombies but they don't monster out. And I think that would have been a better metaphor. Right, because you are having, again, your coded racial minority, their nature is to be aggressive. 
which is a real thing that white supremacists think. Yeah, it's a not real thing that white supremacists really think is true, but it's not. But they use that kind of argument to justify being like, no, Europeans are better. No, they're not. No, they're not. They barely bathe, but whatever. But, but like, I feel like if you made it so that they don't zombie out, but like, yeah, zombies are maybe like a little stronger than humans. Yeah, I think there's ways that you could do it where and you you have the humans perceive them as a threat that they don't actually become. Yeah. Like yeah. The, per, the perception of them should be that they're a threat when they aren't a threat. Not that you, the perception of them is that they're a threat. And the reality is, yeah, they're a threat, but they've got technology. Because then in like, this... That's, that's where it breaks. Because where I was going with this is that um, he can zombie out to play football, kind of. Not fully. He doesn't fully zombie out. He only, like, right. taps into it. But then he switches right. it to the other extreme and he looks human at one point yeah like, like he's their... got his, his normal flesh tone the actor's normal flesh tone and and, and dark hair hair color yeah and um they go on a date and get ice cream <laughs> and it's like wow you're you're really making fun of also you're like they, they, they're 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 making points i should say yeah. about mm. like you know I mean, it, like, racism, bad, white people, boring. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be more generous, you could say that people who stick to the status quo are boring. Well, well, uh, wrong movie. I was just, yeah, yeah. Back to high school musical. Um, but yeah, the insinuation there is that white people are boring, which, you know what? Fair. You're right, because... <laughs> i'm boring is, and i'm white i'm boring and i'm white too <laughs> <laughs> so thesis proven but so like they do bam and the it's a rager in a party and then you go on their date and you're like wow wow i mean yeah they're also doing like a grass is always greener thing it feels like mm. especially, yeah it is especially with like zed wanting to be on football where he thinks it's going to be one thing but really it's not great because also the the trope is that the trope that they use in this is that the football team sucks and the cheerleading squad is the greatest thing in the world yeah the cool people are on the cheer squad yeah the cool the cool boys are on the cheer squad sure let's go with that i also let's go with that i didn't sharp this but i do want to talk about it too on the cheer squad there is a bigger dude and i appreciate yeah. that not like built bigger but like got a little bit of a belly and i'm like yeah you know what get it Disney. and he's still athletic he's still athletic he gets because that time. actually doesn't have an effect on your athleticism he gets a lot of screen time too because especially interaction with bucky when bucky is trying to be uber racist um <laughs> come on <laughs> all the time all the time um another thing going back to bam and the contrast that it provides i think it is also interesting because we can talk also and we'll probably talk about it in future or episodes too that the choreography for the zombies and the humans is different it's styled different uh, as well as like their songs are the sound is just generally different they have their own vibes and everything but it's interesting comparing bam to fired up which is the big dance number for the humans and that's like strict and regimented it's part of a routine that they need to get perfect and bam is a lot more free flowing and it goes back to we're not talking so much about the racist aspect but the kowtowing to the institution versus challenging the institution that there's a little more freedom with being a zombie as far as their dancing goes at least and like and obviously then they're actually there's they're actually less free because they're stuck in what is for lack of a better word a ghetto uh with a curfew yeah um, i don't like using that word but that is by the original definition, definition. Of that word. that's what it is it's like um, yeah and and what's interesting though is that at least to me it didn't feel like different groups of people wrote these songs. Yeah, that is interesting. If yeah, that's really surprising to learn. Five people are credited for writing BAM, and none of them repeat elsewhere. Except for that's obviously the BAM, 
Right, but like, <laughs> but like, yeah. probably. It's also a very heavily produced song, so some of those people might be producers who get a writer's credit because they beefed up a drumline or something. Whereas Stand is written only by one person. That's a good song, too. I like that song. Someday and Fired Up are written by two people, two different groups of people. So okay. People. So, and there's no overlap with any of these no groups. overlap and then wow. my year is written by three different people and you're like this is amazing and then there's this song pep rally which i think it's just an instrumental no i don't know when it is i listened to i listened to it on the album too and i'm like i don't know when you happen it might be a deleted scene there's also apparently a deleted there there, there are some deleted scenes in this that um you find out that Oh, where was it? It's it was so funny when I read that. You find out that Lacey's real name is Jenny. Fucking <laughs> so, made her change her, her name. He pulled a Chanel. That's funny. I was like, that's so funny. So it's is, Lacey, Stacy, and what's the other one? Tracy. Tracy. Tracy's the boy. Boy who is only in this movie as well. Right. And the other ones, it's uh, another AC name. It's like a JC or something. JC, like you're right. I think. I think. Yeah. And I think it's initials. It's not like the. No, A-C-E-Y. it's actually it's actually spelt out in the AC ACEY. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Also, the um, the IMDb trivia is really lackluster because a lot of it is like this person's debut, that person's debut, this person like. It's apparently everyone's debut. Well. For the most part. Well. <laughs> not Meg Donnelly's. She was on a show that I watched for a little while. And I believe Milo <laughs> as well. This isn't his first rodeo. Yeah. I, I mean, they're really good. So I would be very surprised if this was their first thing. I was wondering. So because it's supposed to, this was supposed to be a TV series, do you think it would have lasted a full season or was it, do you think like it should have been a musical series? Well, I'm assuming it was a TV pilot pitched to Disney channel. I'm go. Let's go with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming just bit, they were pitching it to Disney channel, maybe Nickelodeon. Um, and those kinds of channels are really good at giving shows three seasons. Exactly. There's and reasons the for movie. why they don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's reasons why they typically don't want those shows to hit a hundred episodes, but they're really good at getting them very, very close to a hundred episodes because they know that kids will kind of just watch what's on so they can build a viewership. Uh, out. I mean, Disney channel had a really horrible show that was on for a while called dog with a blog. And uh-huh. guess what? Kids watch it. It was a stupid show. I I babysit a lot, especially like my sister's kids and everything. So I end up watching a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. And like, it's not all bad. Some of it is quite good considering it's children's entertainment. But Dog with a Blog was bad. But that lasted for a while. So I think if it was on one of those channels and it was this same demo that they were going for, yes, I think it easily could have been more than one season. But if they were going for, if they were trying to be a little edgier, go for like the CW crowd. No, I don't know. I don't know because Vampire Diaries was a big hit, but it's 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 a little too twee for. Yeah, that's yeah. It it would really need to be darker because like the people who watched those kinds of shows at that age are looking for like the dark shit. And CW seems to be a little bit more of the older, like high school, college yeah proud well that's what i mean like if that's the demo that they originally wanted um and then they adapted it because maybe somebody said oh if you tweaked it and changed the tone you could market this towards kids instead because like i can't find what exactly is the pilot that they have in here yeah like we like we kind of joked about like you can kind of feel like it's it's the first episode mid-season break and then the season finale but like i don't know what exactly is part of the pilot but Mm. if this was like blown out to be an hour and a half movie with songs added i feel like it'd be a lot of repeating episodes or like like not like actual repeating the story but like it feels like it's the same yeah just kind of spinning wheels 
we're like somebody has to learn not to be racist <laughs> yeah so they, like, they would have to do like a lot of episodes that are just like goofy sitcom plots where the zombies and the humans like barely interact yeah. and it's just a totally self-contained thing where it's like where i feel like maybe like the first two episodes would be like this is the human world this is this this is a typical human day and this is a typical zombie day yeah and then we're they, i mean ma- like i could see them doing like a christmas episode where it's like switching between the human traditions <laughs> and the zombie traditions i'm here for that yeah i would i you know what zombies yeah. holiday special fucking do it on that note shady is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into strap and flat um eliza is the truth and everyone should listen to her but we'll get more into that in zombies too okay let's get into strap and flat Woo! let's do it Sharp flat. so in this section we're gonna highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it or thought it could change it's flat i want to start with flats because okay. i mean we were we're a little harsh on this but like it's out there for us like it's not like they it's not like they tried to hide it like yeah they were like we're we're doing it um so my flats Principal Lee and bucky just just because they're so racist just because they're so racist plus yeah. i mean Principal Lee is the worst <laughs> yeah she sucks <laughs> Things suck so hard. And it's interesting that they cast a woman of color. But you know, whatever. Who we'll was move in past a, it. Who was in a Saw movie. But anyway. When you look at her and her IMDb photo, <laughs> her and Saw. And one of the- <laughs> Amazing. Because she's so bigoted against innocent zombie children. <laughs> and then I also flatted. I know it's supposed. I guess this was a trope that from the unaired pilot that they were going to do with the rest of the season or or it's like a Disney Channel trope but like when they break mm. the fourth wall I didn't really Yeah, I don't I like that either I like, it was fine it was fine at the beginning but then they kept repeating it throughout the movie and I'm like, I don't I don't It felt like even, even putting yourself in the shoes of this Target demo it's like, this still feels like you're talking down to six year olds Like, Zach Morris did it almost every episode of Saved by the Bell, but it felt like an aside. It didn't feel like he was explaining yeah, everything. Like, so here's what you just saw means for every like. This is what now. I'm feeling right now because I'm an actor, but I have to tell you what my <laughs> what my feelings are because I'm yeah. not act them out. And like again, that's not something they do in High School Musical. This is not like. Yeah, I really don't like the narration. That was going to be my big one of my big. No, when they were when they were like, "Hi, I'm Addison. This is my backstory," and then it's like, "Hi, I'm Zed. This is my backstory." I went, "Cool, we got it." Yep, great. Maybe maybe bring it back at the very end. Yeah, and be like, "We still have a long way to go." Yeah, doing it. Fuck yeah, Disney Channel. We get the camera. That's isn't that what they do in Descendants? Where they they're like, "That wasn't the end of the story." Wink. <laughs> I don't I don't remember Descendants. I'm pretty sure Descendants does something like that. And then in the second one, it's um Ursula's daughter who does it instead but, of But really, like those were my flats. Yeah. Um, I will say the first I also do not like Bucky or Principal Lee, but they serve a function as antagonists, so you can't oh, yeah. really like, have an anti-racist message without having like displaying racism at some point in your movie like you need like, a character to fight against and like i do like in does it stand yeah it stand that like we do oh bucky, bucky has a and, moment we i do like that but like yeah a lot of the actions that he does like when he when he tells the aces to or when the ACs present to him about the zombie hack of their band and he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, did think this through. Yeah. Okay. First of all, that's stupid. Think, You're putting yourself in the it, vicinity. Yeah. And then and then it looks like he has a moment when Zed tries to attack him when he's un like Zed, you see Zed kind of control it without it you relying on the bracelet. Mm-hmm. which might come into play in a future movie i don't know but well, but it it looked like bucky at least recognized that zed was controlling 
mm-hmm. his monstering out. It's not like, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. But like, anyway. What no, did- no, I get what you mean. Like, like witnessing that and actually seeing it. And now he starts processing like, oh, shit, I've been because, wrong about them. Because then during stand, he processes it, it. But then he like goes back right before the competition happens. And you're like, uh, two steps forward, one step back. No. Yeah. Yeah. One step forward, two steps back. No. <laughs> it is an interesting character development that, like, I think if it weren't a TV movie and they had a little more time to, like, really hammer things out, I think they could have, like, made that character moment work and still have him regress in a way that makes sense instead of just feeling like, ah, you were almost there, bud. But then Principal Lee has has no redeeming yeah, factor to her. She's, yeah. I think she's supposed to be comic relief, but she's not. She's just no. cringe. Wait. All right, so my my big flats. Uh, well, the one that I raved about for a long time, which is the broken metaphor. Uh huh. Yeah, I do enjoy this movie. When you don't despite, have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, despite being about thirty years out of the target demo, I do enjoy it. <laughs> um, but that really, like, that does make it like really hard to like enjoy parts of it. And like to really appreciate what they're trying to say. It, it's just, you put a block there that didn't need to be there. You could have written around that. Mm-hmm. Um, just with a little more care. You know. What, you want it, some it, subtlety it, in a Disney movie? <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, my other big flat was the narration because it really bothers me too. I mean, for a heavy handed decom with a broken metaphor, as you keep saying. It's not a bad movie. It's not. It's just, especially like so, some parts of that, like narrating, like breaking the fourth wall, it feels like Blue's Clues. Yes. And the rest of the movie does not feel like Blue's Clues. It feels closer to High School Musical, which is, you know, a tad more mature. But like, like but like also with the music and the choreography, it's more modern. Yeah. Because it's what, like, 15 years after high school musical the first one came out something like that oh jesus yeah i guess 14 15 years like it's over a decade so like obviously things have changed um i think this movie also like set a precedent for like what the music is for a future in yeah demo movies even comparing it to descendants it's a fair bit more like descendants tried bringing a little more of the modern stuff in and i don't think it works as well also i'm thinking of 13 from netflix yeah okay netflix yeah where 13 the musical i haven't heard the original cast recording of it but like the instrumentation used Mm -hmm. in that in the movie version yeah, that the arrangement Box. is more, yeah, contemporary. As the kids say. Um, and speaking of, like, giving this movie props, let's go into Sharps. I sharped Coach, Bonzo, and Brie. Yes! Coach, ha- I they all Coach. have... I love Coach. I love Brie. I love that Bonzo only speaks in zombie because yeah. that brings, like... Bilingualism and the like, struggles for... Uh, people who are english as a new language learners it's it's also that they face it's also interesting that like he'll say something and then they'll respond in english but like everyone understands each other uh, in the zombie zombie land zombie town yeah he can hear he can listen to english but he can't speak english that's interesting yeah um he's also just like a lovable doof yeah and then Brie he's so was... tall and like that's just like adorable how and he gave he her the the apple rose thing i was like oh, yeah so, so... i also sharp the choreography because again it slaps so hard and it did not need to it did not need to this is disney channel why are you serving this why 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 <laughs> but like give me more uh <laughs> i want more and then um yeah. That I sharped that moment of Bucky jumping through a poster of him and another poster's behind it. Because when I say I laughed so hard at it, I like, I guffawed. <laughs> yeah. It's reminiscent of uh, in uh, 
Oh, they do it in Hot Fuzz and at the World's End where Timothy Dalton slash Pierce Brosnan like smiles at the guys and there's a photo of him <laughs> the right behind yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I oh, look it. at you with the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then my last sharp in all caps, I just wrote the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it it's so bad that i love it is is it is it the worst wig in movie history oh i think i'm going to be bold and say yes i think i can't i cannot think of one worse and i think i would remember one that was worse than that unless it's supposed to be on purpose then that's not the that's not the deal but right like like a purposely bad wig is but like this this is is supposed to be the character's real hair and it is wigging and it's Disney. Like, I don't care if it's Disney Channel original movie. It's Disney money. Disney has money. We know Disney has money. They can wig a wig. When they want When they want a wig, they can Do you wig. think she wore a wig as her wig hair? Or was that her real hair? I think that's her real hair. Because that's a really good wig if it's not. Unless, unless there are, like, when... The... I could see it like being pieces, like clip in pieces. Especially if she was still under 18 when they filmed it and you have fewer hours you can work on set. They do that a lot with uh, young actresses. They'll use hair pieces, clip in hair pieces, because then they don't have to spend as much time on their hair and they can film more in a day. But then they, um, they are you talking about that like when her when the white hair oh when she like shows off the white hair yeah maybe 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 they wigged her for that maybe yeah because she like kind of moves it yeah but like there's moments where she moves her hair around and i was sitting in a mirror moving my scalp because i have no hair but i was like imagining and i'm like no your your scalp does move when you do when you adjust when you're quote-unquote adjusting your wig yeah if you're moving your hair you feel it moves around so anyway what are your she's a really good actress that's all i'll say (laughs) Um, my sharps she's on some she's on a new show as well is she good Uh for her i think she's good i'm rooting for her i'm rooting for meg donnelly i'm rooting for milo Mannheim. she's on the winchesters or she was on the (gasps) The TV of course she is. Of course she is. Of course she is. It's a supernatural spinoff. Of course she's on that. But like, I want everybody ends up in a supernatural thing eventually. <laughs> and by supernatural, shady means the show, not yes, like the, t- the, the concept. T- right. <laughs> but like, um, I I even wrote down during the movie that like I want them to be in another another musical movie. Like they've got yeah. they've got I I'd love to. Yeah, they've got they've got they've got it. Oh, I, I also less, think they have very good chemistry together. One less so I'd like to see too. them work together again. Yeah, sure. Sharp that everyone was in the same movie. We all yes. understood that everyone's overacting and they're all at the same level. You can mm-hmm. argue that our leads are a little lower than everyone, but that's because they are the... They have, to re- they have to be the relatable ones. Yeah, they have to be the straight man. So then Brie and Bonzo can be our goofy sidekicks and then and then like bucky is our wacky antagonist because this is disney channel so it has right. to be a little wacky we make it safer by making him kind of stupid yes so but like everyone was in agreement as to what movie they were in nobody was yeah. in a different movie for a decom i'm here for yeah. yeah but like but like those actors they know what they're in yeah no, that's a really great sharp. I didn't even think of that. That's a really great sharp. I'm going to sharp the chemistry, like, in general with the cast. I actually believe, like, the kids who play Friends, I believe that they would hang out in real life. The kids who, like, I think Meg Donnelly and Milo Mannheim have really good chemistry. I actually, like, should not be rooting for this because it is a children's movie with, like, a very, like, thinly written <laughs> romance that's just there to get the plot moving. Um, but like I'm like, oh, I'm rooting for them. I want them. I want them to date. I wonder. I want to see those two real- hold hands. I mean, if they did another movie musical together where they were again romantic, uh, I'm here for it. Opposite each other. Me- I'm here for money. it. I will slap down my money. 
Take my money. I will see it. Cinemark XD. Give it to me. <laughs> um, yeah. So what else was I saying? The Sharps. Yeah. I also love the coach and Brie. I think Bucky's a very fun antagonist, uh, despite being a bigot. When he's being antagonistic towards Addison, as far as just like, he's just being a conceited diva. That's very fun. But also like very sharp to tell her secret of her her real hair. Yeah. Also, like, I think I think he wants to I think he wants to fuck her. I think he wants to fuck her. He acts like a jealous boyfriend for a lot of it. And bro, that's your cousin. But also he's closeted. But also he's closeted. Listen, Listen, issues abound with Bucky. But you know what? Trevor Torgman. Very good. Uh, very good performer. Good gymnast. I'm assuming he's doing a lot of the gymnastics himself. Very good. Uh, another sharp that I have, and we talked more about this when we talked about this on the other podcast, but I do like, again, it's not subtle at all, but I really like that the zombies and the humans have their own color scheme. And yeah. I love that the humans are always in pastels and it's usually baby pink and baby blue. I love that the zombies wear kind of more jewel tones, a lot of maroons, a lot of dark greens. I just think it's a nice touch. It's and a like, nice visual touch to the story. I like the school colors of the yeah. lime green and the hot pink, which I did use as uh, in one of my podcast artwork, by the way. I yes, used- I saw that. And I was hoping to do it in that time frame, but I didn't. So now we're doing this movie. <laughs> Which marries the both worlds without the pink and the green, the pink from the humans, the green from the zombies, and they're brighter colors. They're not pastel or dark Mm -hmm. or like dark tones. Yeah. Love love those colors together. Yeah. Anyway. And so, as I said, I really enjoy this movie. There's actually a lot I like about it. But my last and final sharp that I do really need to get off my chest is I love that their mascot is the mighty shrimp. It's very good to me. I, I even wrote down the line that Bree says, go bottom feeders. <laughs> so good. Because she says lines like that. And I'm like, girl, you got that paycheck. <laughs> um, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I think I added all of them to my cardio playlist. And granted, I don't do much cardio anymore, but I still listen to that playlist. So yeah, all of them. I don't think I'll listen to the My Year, Our Year. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, not... My Year is kind of, it's it's an earworm, but that's not like a uh, need to listen to. So. And then I only wrote down not the reprises, but you know what? I think it's just all but My Year, Our Year. Mm. My Year and Our Year. Yeah. So that's Fired Up Someday, Bam someday ballad stand fired up competition and bam zombie block party (laughs) those are the titles uh (laughs) and on that note shady we're done with the episode we did it we did it did it twice actually (laughs) (laughs) Um, the first time was a while ago yeah 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 and we were comparing it to another movie and i can't remember which uh descendants it was descendants yeah i like this better than descendants i'm gonna i'm gonna be bold and say that even though i think i think technically on a lot of technical levels descendants works better i just enjoy zombies more mm, i see i see that uh yeah. what do you have to plug or promote uh not not too much uh i got my twitter at cookie oh shady i'm not calling it that john's (laughs) making an x he's (laughs) making an x with his arms at me and i don't call it that because still that makes me feel like i just have porn right on my phone (laughs) um what kind of spooky dessert are you today shady I'm going to be a Chromatica Oreo because aren't those hot pink and lime green? Yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you, well, okay. So if you know any more information about the pilot script, let me know. I would, we would love to know about it because I can't find anything about it. Besides my dream would be that somebody has a PDF of the pilot script and could forward it to us. Well, if you're David Light or Joseph Pasco <laughs> listening to this, 
and you still have the PDF or the Word document. We'll take that as well. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got I've got Google Docs. You got Google Docs. Um, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram. I'm I'm also calling it Twitter and TikTok at buttersongpod. Do you know why the music and choreography slap so hard as well? Like, <laughs> what precedent was was this the first? Okay, I'm not a decom aficionado by any means, and I don't think you, I can't. I don't want to call you a decom aficionado as well. Oh no, I didn't have Disney Channel growing up. For anyone that's out there that is a decom aficionado. Does this follow the trajectory of like the music and choreography? Because like I know I remember High School Musical, but like I think Status Quo was the only one that like slapped really hard. But then mm. this one, it's like every every number is a banger. So like, was that is that their thing? Did was this the first one? Let me know. I'd like to know this. And then like uh like I said at the beginning, um the next episode. If you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be doing Zombies 2 with Shady again. What? I hate her. I love her. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for having me, John. This was so much fun. This is fun. And I couldn't have picked a better guest for these three movies. I'm so excited we get to do it two more times. Yeah, because I know we texted each other and talked about the other two before this was even before this podcast was even an idea. So (laughs) now we're gonna have it forever immortalized as a MP3. (laughs) Um but thank you everyone for listening and bye for now. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.